Latanya Thompson is the Purpose Authority Coach. She guides women through the process of doing the inner work so they are able to rewrite their stories and build themselves up. After working with LaTanya, women are able to develop services and products to help their clients grow because they become aware of their true strengths, power, and purpose. Good evening. We are going to continue identifying and on tonight, we have a special guest. She's been here before. Um, she talks about the educational system. And on tonight, she's going to talk about identifying the knee on your neck as a single parent. And as we talk about a single parent, Tamika, do it again, it went quickly. Um, as we talk about being a single parent, we're not only talking about the parents who may have walked out of the relationship, we're also talking about people who may have lost a parent to death, all, also to an illness. Here we go. So I was just letting them know that on tonight, we're going to talk about, okay. Welcome, Tamika. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing this evening? I am doing great. I'm excited about tonight's topic. So I am doing great. I'm excited as well. It's always amazing how we start off one way and then we go in a whole total different direction. Yeah. So I was just talking about um, that tonight, even though the topic is, and I love the topic because it's not identifying the need on a single mother neck, but on a single parent. And so we don't want to um, not mention the gentlemen who may be raising their children as well. Um, yeah. We also want to consider maybe a grandparent who is now taking on the responsibility of raising a child. And in addition, we want to even go deeper and look at people who may have someone who's serving in the service. And so their spouse is away for weeks or months at a time. And so during that time, they, they are operating as a single parent. We also want to consider those who may have a medical illness and may not be able to help and support as much as they had in the past. And even in talking about this topic, let's not forget those who may be a provider financially, but may not be fully present in the home and supporting any roles and responsibility. So when we talk about identifying the need that's on your neck as a single parent, we want you to be open-minded to our definition of a single parent. We're gonna talk about not only the misconception that people have about a single parent and the things that you go through, we also want to talk about how we can partner with our children and better provide them what they need, despite our frustration, despite what we're going through and what we may not have. And so on tonight, our special guest is Tamika, Tamika Michelle. And so not only does she have a master's degree, not only is she a full-time employee, not only is she an entrepreneur, an author, um, she has multiple business. She has Girl Unplugged. She has CEO Unplugged. Um, she's a speaker. She's a phenomenal woman altogether. And I said that so that when I talk about her as a single mother and what she gives to her children and how important it is to her to have a balanced life and that of all the roles and responsibilities that she plays in this world, the one that she values the most is being a mother. And so um, tonight, as we dive deep, please feel free to um, post your questions in the comment. Um, share and also give us some hearts, okay? 
and I we will be addressing your questions. And anything we can't answer tonight, there will be a part two. Wow. So, Tamika, so we know what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you wear multiple hats. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's talk about um, how do you manage the different roles and responsibilities without short without doing any shortcuts in your role as a mother and still providing for your children what they need? Yeah, so let me just be honest. So, you know, the time before you're actually a parent, like you're free to just do you. And then when you do become a parent, your life has to take a shift and or an adjustment. Yeah. Um, in terms of now you're embracing um, someone else, you're covering someone else, you're protecting someone else, you're loving someone else, yes. nurturing someone else. And so with doing all that, and for me, time six, because I have six kids, <laughs> it seems like it's a lot. But one thing that, and I say it seems like it's a lot for an outsider, but okay. for me, because I'm inside of the position of taking care of six, I can't really call them little ones, <laughs> because now I'm about to have an adult, <laughs> but, um, you know, my six children um, one thing that God showed me when I actually moved outside of the state okay. is that I cannot take like everything so serious. That was okay. like one thing for me. Um, it was like, I was just taking everything serious. So that just by itself just took and or, or put on me so much of a weight. Okay. Um, and so when you have a lot of pressure on you and you're trying to kind of like micromanage every situation uh, yeah. when it comes to your children, it starts to overwhelm you. And when you get overwhelmed, then you're opening the doors and the room for so many other things to start filtering in, such as anxiety, um, you know, your blood pressure might shift, um, you know. So basically what I'm saying is like sickness and diseases. Okay. And so one thing that I noticed through all of this is that I had to take a seat back. And when I took a seat back and I prayed about it, the one thing that God showed me is not only can I not take everything so serious, but what I had to do is I had to now manage what was more and uh, more of an emergency than something that could just kind of get tossed to the wayside. Like I okay. had to really balance every situation that was going on and I had to understand I had to organize those that are high importance and those that were low importance and so that was one of the ways where I stopped worrying about a lot of things and I stopped looking at my situation as being overwhelming and so much so I think the way that we see things and perceive things does has so much to do with how we react to things. Okay. And so I had to stop looking at my situation as being, oh my God, you got all these kids. Because sometimes when we speak things such as that, it becomes such as that. Mm -hmm. And so the way I looked at it is, oh my word, I am blessed with six beautiful children. Oh my word. Like, okay, so wh who has something going on today? Okay, who doesn't have something going on today? So I would prioritize 
my kids' needs and my needs um, because it was very important that I did that. So you've mentioned you have six kids. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to ask a personal question because I feel like on tonight, we want to create a space where people know that we're going to be transparent and yes. that we will address any questions um, that are respectful, mm-hmm. right? So you mentioned you have six kids. Um, with six kids, have you found it, it? Well, let me ask this question first. Let me not assume. Mm-hmm. Um, are you currently dating? And if no, do you feel like when you mention that you have six kids, that it could be something that causes a gentleman to yield or question if that's something that he wants to take on that responsibility? Mm, so great question. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes. So, no, I am not currently dating. Okay. And that has everything to do with my children because okay. my children is is of high importance, right? They They are my babies. They are a gift from God. So, I was single for a total of, uh, I think I was going on my 10th year. I was going on my 10th year of being single. Um, And I got involved with someone. And one thing I always look for is how you are engaging. Like, what is your engagement rate with my children? Because if you're not engaged with them, then that's kind of like, okay, a no-no. Um. And what I also did is I also, before I even introduced anybody to my kids, I actually, um, you know, kind of did an assessment. Like I would mention my kids and look at their reaction. Mm. I would see if they would bring or ask about my children because that was important to me. Um, Because when you, when you, to me, um, I felt as if, if my if I'm important to you, then my kids should be just as important to you yes. because we come as a package. And if I did not receive or if that was not reciprocated, then I just pretty much knew that this was not going to work for me. And so, yes, to answer your question in terms of has this kind of, I don't know if I want to really say hindered the process of dating. Okay. Um, I'm very selective in terms of who I date. Very selective. And I also use discernment. I use my spirit of discernment because one of the things that I want to make sure is that this is who God chose for me and not who I'm choosing for me. And Mm. because I know that if this is who God chose for me, then I don't have to question. I don't have to worry. I don't really have to truly assess if this gentleman is going to be a good fit for my children. Okay. Because we know that God is not a man that he shall lie. So at the end of the day, we know that whomever God selects for us is going to be for us. Um, and so I just, so, you know, just to say that, um, that portion and that piece, and it's so funny, right? Because we're being authentic. So right. it's so funny that my daughter, my 17, soon to be 18 year old daughter, um, was watching this show. I think it's called Married at First Sight. Okay. And so, and me and my mom had this conversation today, literally today. And so it God just showed me something with watching one of these couples. I think the girl's name was Isis and the guy that she actually married was Keith, right? Okay. And I'm bringing this up for a reason. So Isis was a virgin. And I was okay. like, 
I was like, um, oh, prophetess Marlena, sorry. Um, I was like, yes, you know, praise God. And so the guy she was dating looked at that as being a problem, mm. looked at that as being a weight. So I said, well, here I am with six kids and men find that to be overwhelming sometimes and a challenge because they're thinking about, mm, I got to try to date her. And then I got to also kind of like figure out where I fit in with the kids. That's a lot for, for right. them to deal with. But then you have a woman over here that's a virgin that doesn't have any kids right. and you still find that to be a weight and or a problem. Yes. So I, I said to myself, I said, God, I said, the devil is a liar. And I said, and the girls start questioning her work. Mm. And so it's funny because I could, I could relate to that. I can relate to when men would kind of reject me because of, of the amount of kids I had, because okay. before I had six, I had four. And then I had the twins. And so even at the time that I had four kids, some men would question me. And not only question me, they would start to uh, judge me okay. in terms of, okay, well, you have four kids. So then I started getting men to want to date me because they thought, oh, she's easy. So you get all of the, like, you you get the misconceptions of being a single mom, depending upon how many kids you have, or in her case, the girl Isis case, if you have no kids, you are getting judged. So at the end of the day, it's just like, okay, well, God, if that is the case, I said with this young lady, she's, to me, she's walking the, 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 the line of being perfect in Christ. She's mm -hmm. walking the line of being perfect in Christ and sure yes. that touches her. But yet this man is seen as a problem. God spoke to me and he said, that's because he's not mature. Mm -hmm. And so when a man is not mature, he will not, he will always sit there and he will juggle and battle. If a woman has kids, is that too much for me? Or if a woman doesn't have kids, is that too much for me? Yeah. So at the end of the day, when a man has to sit there and start, questioning and yeah. uh, 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 and be in the state of confusement because yeah. of how many kids a woman has, then that man is not for you. And so you're not, so I just want women to understand this, that it should never come into terms of questioning of who you are, but more into questioning in terms of who is he serving? Because if he's serving God, then and if he is a man of God, yes. then he would never have that as a question because the Bible says the man is the head. So at the end of the day, if the man is a head or is the head, then he should be able to lead you no matter if you have 10 kids or yes. zero kids. So that's the way I looked. I, I, you know, just from seeing that show and I don't really, I don't watch it. I used to watch all the time, but I don't watch it. And, and to, for God to show me that. It spoke so much volume to my situation that, yes, I am worthy. You know why I'm worthy? Because I'm a child of God. And God created me to see me fit for this time and age. God knew I was going to have one child, two child, and then the four, and then the six. So at the end of the day, when I would get men to judge me, and now I look at that situation, I say, oh, they just wasn't mature in Christ. And okay. so, therefore, yes, to answer your question, question yes. Um, in terms of, I mean, no, I'm not dating. And yes, 
men did see uh, look at my situation in terms of having multiple of children a problem, but it goes back to they just was not mature and they were not mature in Christ. Mm. That's good. Um, and one thing I do know as a woman, um, or I've experienced, let me not say I know, is that oftentimes people are looking for someone to fulfill their needs. And so it could be that a man who is looking for someone to cater to him or to be the center of his life is not willing to share her with anyone outside of himself. And yeah. so I think it's important for us to know our value, our worth, and to mm. on what we know to be true and not to compromise who we are. And especially not to change because so often we try to change to become something that someone is looking for. And mm -hmm. the problem with that is oftentimes what they're looking for changes. And so if you're changing to meet the need or to become what someone is looking for, when their need change, you will have to continue to change or they will no longer need you. And so as a woman or a male, I would recommend that you embrace all of you for who you are and that you stay true to who you are and that the perfect person for you, um, when the time comes to be there, they will appreciate every aspect of you. So it may yes. be a woman who doesn't desire to have kids, but she doesn't mind being a mother to a kid. Um, and there may be the same thing with the gentleman. He may not desire to father any, but he doesn't mind being a And so um, I just you know, to encourage to the people, what would be your advice um, to someone who is a single parent or a single father who is finding challenges with dating because of their education, because of their financial status, because they are single parents, um, or whatever criteria that they're not meeting of someone else and it's causing them to not be able to successfully date who they may be interested in at this time. Yeah. yeah. So a couple of things. Do you, do you hear the echo? No, I don't hear the echo. If you okay. guys hear echo, if you guys can say yes. Um, and if you don't hear, say no. I'm not hearing it. Okay. I just want to make sure. Um, so... Uh, yeah. So uh, in terms of your question, this is what I want to say, because I also when you were uh, speaking, I wanted to also relate your second, um, th your last question to men as well, okay. um, because I wanted to say. remember dating someone that had a child um and I used to always go back and forth like do I really want to date somebody with a kid like I don't have new kids and I don't know if I want that that so it's uh -huh. funny how the roles can be you know you, you can I experience both sides of the fence and so um to go into your question in terms of a gentleman who is a or a single father who's dating and maybe experienced the same thing um, in terms of the reluctancy of a female wanting to, to date him. Um, I would just say, first and foremost, never question who you are. Never question about, is there something I could do different? Is there something that I'm doing wrong? Um, because at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with us. Okay. Our situation has nothing to do with us. This is, this is who God created. God already knew what flaws we were going to come with we are not perfect there's only one perfect person that's god um yeah. so at the end of the day when we are in a situation and we want to date first and foremost i would say make sure that you're whole 
because that was the one of the things that I had to make sure I had to go back and revisit. Am I whole mm-hmm. enough to be able to date somebody else? Because I don't for, for first and foremost, I want to make sure I do it right. Okay. Um, there were times that I did not do it right because of the simple fact that I was not walking Christ-like. Um, I was walking Tamika-like. So when I was doing that, yes, I ended up getting into the relationships that I was in, but it was not the relationships that God wanted me to be in. It was the relationships that I was in for that moment. And yes, when we when a just man fall is uh, fall. He rises seven times, you know, each time we get back up and we try to do it again. But this time when I do it again, I want to make sure that I'm doing it pleasing unto the Lord. And so that's one of the things that I would make sure that you are doing. I would make sure that you are tapping, tapping into God and making sure that you what you want is what God wants. So you're in alignment with who God has called you to be and do. Second and foremost, I would also say that as you are working on you, work on dating yourself because so much we want to date other like we want to be in a relationship. Oh, or, you know, we want to date, you know, um, you know, in terms of a guy like I want to date a woman because I maybe because you're lonely, maybe because you're tired of doing what you're doing by yourself. But make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And before you date a woman or woman or same thing for a woman, before you date a man. Date yourself, explore you in terms of dating, because that was one of the things that I also had to do. I started dating myself, taking myself out to the movies, taking myself out um, to, to lunch and dinner, taking myself out to like different trips. And it didn't have to be somewhere, you know, where I'm going across the sea, not to say there's nothing wrong with that, because uh-huh. there's nothing wrong with that. But make sure you're enjoying you and your kids um, and even just separating yourself from your kids, enjoying yourself before wanting to date or seeking to date someone. And then um, the third thing that I would also uh, recommend and or suggest for you to do as you are doing all those things, make sure that you're also walking in your calling. Yes. And I think that when you do all those things, um, you know, you're seeking a relationship with God. So you're, you know, going to church, you're praying, you're and then the second thing I was dating is that you're, you know, you're making sure you're whole, you're complete, you're, you're dating yourself and you're exploring all the possibilities yes. with you and your children. And then the third thing is to, to make sure that you're walking in your calling, because I say this for women, when you walk in your calling um, yes. and most times the man will find you when you keep your eyes on what you're supposed to be doing, the man will find you. That's what my true belief is, because that's what the Bible says. So I am saying right now, my eyes is fixed on my children children, their needs, and then fixed on the calling that God has me on. That's the same thing that I would recommend to the man. But because the, the, God says a, a, a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. So I would make sure with that man, the key thing and principle for him would to be make sure is he is in alignment who, with who God has called him to be. And he is praying. He is fasting. He is uh, spiritually in tune with who God said is for him versus who he thinks is for him. Because when we operate in ourself, we are prone to come up against something that's really not for us and then be in a situation that causes chaos and confusion. That's good. As you were talking, I wanted, I was thinking about my past um, and I wanted to share another point. So for anyone who is, 
getting ready to start dating or is dating, you kind of want to be clear on the role and responsibility of the new person that you're introducing um, your children to. And oftentimes the person that you're dating may come in and they may try to play a role um, that hasn't yet been given to them. And so I can remember after my stepfather passed, it was a moment and then my mom has started dating. And for us who missed our father and didn't understand and wanted our father and wasn't ready to share our mother with someone else and didn't want a, a man in the house or by the house because we were protective of her, for mm -hmm. us, he came in trying to play the role and responsibility of our father, which sent us in a rage. Um, mm -hmm. And we were angry. And I remember saying, because I was I was 18. I had just turned 18 because my father had passed when I was in my senior year. And I remember saying um, something to the, uh, like, you know, you may be her man. She may be ready to date. You may be her man, but you ain't not our daddy. Like, and we ain't looking for no daddy. Like, let's make it perfectly clear. Whatever you two got going on, leave it <laughs> over there. Don't, just so disrespectful. But part of it was anger and frustration and not understanding. And another part was he came in trying to play the role of a father. He came in trying to lay rules and what we going to do and what his expectation was. And it was like, no, right? So make sure that when you're dating, um, after you've introduced the kids and, um, you're trying to see what direction the relationship is going to go in. Make sure that that person knows their role and responsibility and that you're possibly still co-parenting with the other parents because it can, it can be very offensive to a kid that doesn't understand who is this person and it's not my mother, it's not my father, and it can make it more complicated for you. So understand your relationship is one thing and then the kids is something different, but there should be a conversation about what is acceptable and not acceptable um, with the person you're dating as well as a kid and gradually do it. Um, and I would say come in as a friend, right? And leave the titles and what you think your role and responsibility should be. Yes. Yes. And I, and I would say also just um, making sure that there's open lines of communication um, and not just, just, open lines of communication but your expectation um is also being presented and boundaries um is also being presented because it's important be prior to you actually even introducing um you know the person you know that you're dating to your children i found that to be very um beneficial because when i was in a um when i started dating a gentleman last last year Okay. The year before last. Um, mind you, we were friends for 10 years. So my kids knew him. Um, my, my kids pretty much grew, grew up with him um, okay. as us being friends. But when we became, uh, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend in, in that relationship, uh, what I found is that when the role changes for that person, mm -hmm. it also changes for the kids in terms of their viewpoint of that person. So... Mm -hmm. It's it's really important for you and that person when you make that decision to say, hey, I want to court you. Um, it's really important that you lay lay the boundaries mm -hmm. and the expectations of each other um, and within the roles that you play before you actually present it to your pr present it to your children. And I would also say that before you present it to the children, 
Yeah. I would like for an example for me before, like when God introduces me to my husband, um, what I would share or what I would do is have a conversation with my kids by themselves. Um, okay individually and then I will pull them collectively together because everybody's going to feel different like for me I have kids at different ages so they're going to respond differently to the situation that I may need to nurture a little bit before actually talking to them as a whole because Mm -hmm. one of the things I thought was important is that I didn't want how my my 17 year old felt to spill in terms of how my six-year-old should feel. Yeah. I wanted everybody to understand that their feelings are important to me. Um, and I wanted them to also not not just understand that their feelings are, are, um, are important to me, but what what questions do do you have by yourself without your you know siblings being present? Do you okay. understand what I'm saying? Because I think clarity is key in terms of you know built um creating a new position or someone new coming in a shift pretty much is what I'm saying taking place. So okay. <clears throat> that was one of the things that I learned that was crucial when it came to my kids. And then after you have that individual. Uh, conversation with um, your kids, then bring them together collectively still just with you and see if they as a collective, as a whole, have any questions that you can answer in front of them all, just because you want to make sure communication is clear to all your kids. And so then I would set a date uh, with the gentleman or the lady that you're, you're dating to come, you know, to have dinner or something, do something fun with the kids. As you are all, you know, getting ready to share the the, the changes that's about to, you know, become. Um, and the reason why I say this, especially if you have younger children, what I experience is that after you drop something such as that on them, you want to make sure that everybody's well-being is 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 on target. Is is to me is key for everything. Yeah. But you don't want to just drop something on them and just be like everyone's just sitting there staring. Um, so you kind of want to have the conversation, but make it like a fun environment. Um, play a game or do a trivia or go outside and you know and and just you know, do something fun because you want it to make, you want to make sure that it's a relaxing atmosphere and it's not a tense uh, conversation. So I just wanted to share that. That's good. You said something that's very key. You said that when the role changes, um, that there needs to be, you need to adapt. And so I kind of want to shift the conversation because as you said that, I thought about when two people are together and there's children that come from the relationship and then one person, um, well, they agree and they go their separate ways. Um, it needs to, we need to actually look at, because I often hear people say that um, I'm the mother and the father, right? Mm. Um, or I'm doing dual roles. And is the correct verbiage I'm doing dual roles or is mm-hmm. it doing additional roles, right? Because mm-hmm. we're not really playing both roles, right? We're taking right. additional roles and responsibility because the person is not there. I right. think it's really important for us to understand the different energy a male versus a female operates in and mm-hmm. that from each parent, the child looks for something different. And so if you are a single mother as a parent, if you become the father, right, then the mm-hmm. child begins to miss, grieve the mother because you're no longer her. It has to be 
it has to be balanced, right? So we have to be able to chastise, to be able to love, to support, and to give them everything they need and not to, from a place of frustration or anger, take on the sole role and responsibility of someone else where we become resentful. And a perfect example of this would be, I remember when I had my niece and me and my husband was raising her. And so I was the fun auntie. I was the one that she could do no wrong. And, you know, she's my little shopping buddy. So I did no chastising whatsoever, right? She could do no wrong in my eyes. Like, no, don't put her on punishment. And so when he took his last breath, there had to be a shift in my relationship with her. Otherwise, it wouldn't be balanced. And what I realized is because I didn't have the conversation that you talked about, I didn't tell her that the relationship was changing. I didn't tell her that adjustments needed to be made. What I did is I caused her to grieve her mother and uncle more because I became somebody I wasn't originally. And because that's not who I was in her life, I, she began to miss her mother and father more. I mean, her mother and her uncle more because now she had to adjust to something she wasn't used to. And I think it's important that we understand that. So if you're a single mother or a single father and you try to take on the role and responsibility of the other person and abandon yours, you can cause that child to resent you to a soul because they're thinking if my mother was here, I wouldn't have to deal with this. If my mm -hmm. father was here, I wouldn't have to deal with this. And here's what you need to know. You can't be two people at the same time. So you're either going to be the mother or the father, but you can't be both. And you need to make sure that it's balanced so that, yes, I'm loving, I'm coming from a place from my heart, but then I chastise and I come from my head and I have to know how to do both. But when that person leaves, I think it's a good time to have a conversation like Tamika said and to say the roles and the roles and responsibility are getting ready to change because I'm taking on additional roles and responsibility. And this is what it's going to look like. And this is what's going to need to take place for us to adjust. So not only when you bring someone else in, but actually when someone walks out and you're taking on additional roles and responsibility, I think that conversation needs to be had with the child. Yes, I totally, I totally agree. And when you were talking about how some single parents say, like, I'm the mom and the dad, or uh, I forget what the other one that you said, that is very, I play dual roles. Mm -hmm. um, I remember um, in my younger days, like I remember saying those things and that was just the immaturity of me because at the end of the day, <laughs> um, you know, the scripture says like, you know, a, you can't not be a double minded man. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, if I'm playing two roles and I'm being a double minded man, I'm playing, I'm mm -hmm. trying to play, you know, two different roles and that's not who God created me to be. And on top of that, now having a son, um, I, I realized I am not a man, like I can't teach my son how to do boy things or man things because that's not anything that I am, that I know, that I really truly understand or know because I'm not a man. I'm not, you know, I never went from a boy to a manhood. So for me to even speak out of my mouth, um, mm. That, you know, I play dual roles. No, I play the role that God has gifted me with, which is a mother. I play the, you know, the mother, the nurturer, the lover, um, you know, and I teach him what I can teach him. Um, but for the other other roles and, and, and things that he has to learn, 
I go to mentors. I go to my, my, my dad, which is his grandfather. I go to my brothers. So that's to teach him the boy way or the man way of things. So I just wanted to say that sometimes that when we think or we say the things like, you know, oh, I'm celebrating Father's Day even. Um, I'm not a father. I can't celebrate Father's right. Day. Like my brothers, like, you know, may send a statement or a comment to me and be like, you know, I want to salute you because of your strength and everything that you do. Okay, that's fine. But at the end of the day, I'm not a father. You know what I mean? And I cannot... I don't ever want my children to look at me as a presentation of being a father. Um, so I just want to say that sometimes when we make those statements, we need to think before we speak yes. and line it up to what God says that we are. Because at the end of the day, we can never be a man and a woman. Like we can only be who God really called us to be. Yes. That is good. And you know what? As we were sitting here and I'm like, where did these roles and responsibility come from? Mm -hmm. And why haven't they cha changed as time has changed? You know, I remember growing up and my mom's favorite words was, I'm going to tell your daddy. I'm going to tell your daddy. Yes. Right? And we knew what that meant, right? Yes. And our mom combed our hair. But I think we're looking at a time where women are working full-time jobs and there's multiple things we're doing in and outside the home. I yeah. think as a family, we may need to look at, do we really want roles and responsibility or do we do and provide for our children what is needed? The one person may be better than the other person so that we understand that if anything happens to one person, right? And I'm not talking about somebody physically walking away. I'm talking about a medical condition. I'm talking about being in the service and having to go away for weeks or a month. I'm talking about somebody taking their last breath, something that's not planned. And now all of a sudden, you know nothing about these other roles and responsibility because you assume that they were male or female versus parents. Mm. Right? Yep. And so to be able to say, I'm going to give my... And so when I say that and hear my heart, I think it's important that we do it because oftentimes when the person leaves, we then go out and look for someone to replace it, right? Yeah. To do what they did. But if I'm able to do what the other person is doing, right? And my child is used to it. Then I can be in a place where I'm comfortable with waiting on God because the need will be fulfilled by me, right? And there's other uncles and people I can rely on to do certain things if I need to. But I think it's important that as a woman, you know how to spank your child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and as mm -hmm. you know, and you're comfortable going to the barber shop, right? Yes, yes. Um, and and you, you'll get out there and play hoops or throw a ball. Like to be active in your son's life and to have those conversations. And I think it's important for a male to be able to sit down with his daughter and tell her it's okay to cry or to even sit down with his son and allow him to be a child and not a man before his time and allow him to know that boys do cry, right? Yeah. So that at 21, they're not out there with all this anger. They're not mm -hmm. out here killing and shooting people. They're not up here, you know, in abusive relationships because they don't know how to communicate. And so they're taking their hurt and they're hurting somebody else with their fists or with words. And so I think it's important that we learn the dual, the dual roles and that we're okay with doing both and that we teach and redefine what a man is to our little boys so that they're not having heart attacks and strokes because they feel like they can't cry or yeah. get into depression. So true. So, so true. So what are some, 
Um, so what are some things that you feel like are actually a, a knee on a single parent's neck? I know we talked about a little, um, but what are some other things that you would identify as a knee on a single parent's neck? I mean, I, I think for me and I go by my experience is definitely, um, you know, the judging portion in terms of, well, um, a career, you know, people look at you in terms of how many kids do you have? If you, if they, they judge you based upon how many, how many kids you have, or even if you just have kids, they judge you to see if you're going to really be qualified for the position. Um, and not just talking about career, I just think also the schools, you know, they judge you in terms of how many kids you have and not only how many kids you have, they look at, you know, basically your registration card to see, you know, what your education is and, oh, you know, they'll, they'll have the whole judgment in terms of saying, well, this is what she's probably doing. So you think about the schools, you know, putting a knee on your neck. Um, you even sometimes when you walk in the mall and people look at you, like, I'll never forget when I had my um, last set of twins and people for some reason always thinks that I'm younger than my age. Okay. And so I heard these girls talking like, Oh, she's so young and she has so many kids. And I'm like, no, honey, I'm actually in my forties, but thank you. But you know, you get, you get judged from walking in a mall from, you yeah. know, people just looking at you, you get, you get judged with so many different levels in terms of people putting a knee in their neck because of their judgments. Um, sometimes you could possibly get judged even walking in the church. Um, um, so there's just so many areas, um, that I can speak for myself that I, and if I'm not judging these areas, I've seen where people does the judging. Um, so I just feel like those are a lot of areas that people judge you. You know, we talked on and touched on about the men looking at a female with multiple children. Okay. Um, so it's, I think in every area, um, if it's safe to say that, a person may judge you based upon how many kids you have and they'll judge you to see like, okay, I wonder if they're married. Like I, I know even at the doctor's office, they'll just assume, Oh, okay. And your husband, no, I'm not married. <laughs> no husband. Um, yet. So like, it's just funny that you ask that question, but I think it's in every area that a person who is a single parent, they can get judged on it. And I can speak more, you know, wholeheartedly, not just from my situation, but the perspective inside the school, because that's where I see the judgment happens the most. Okay. And we had two comments questions. So one person put um, up there that they are not judging you because you have kids. Um, they're judging you based off, I guess, if you're available and if you're dedicated because of kids. And then someone came up and they posted that they were a company that only hired people that were moms because they felt like they were more dedicated because of a role of responsibility of their mother. So I'm seeing both comments um, where it's working, where it's a pro and a con, depending mm -hmm. on where you are. And I've heard that as a woman, you know, a woman will go in there and she will work, you know, 10, 12 hours and get the job done. And typically a man going to work eight hours and he's going to leave. Also, I've noticed that a man will go in and negotiate what he wants from the from the start, um, where a woman will accept it and then she'll work um, to prove herself and then she'll ask for the money. And so there are definitely two different types of mindset. 
And I'm not saying that it's in every male or every female, um, but I am seeing it. Um, I do tend to see that a woman would nurse, take care and nurture, nurture a project from beginning to end and that they typically will make it their baby. They'll take it home with them after hours. They'll come in early before anyone. They won't take a lunch. They'll bring their laptops on the weekend. They'll work on vacation. Um, and not to say that a man won't, but I do see a lot of females that are really dedicated. But then the question becomes, are they dedicated or does it become about our worth, our self-esteem, and our confidence? And so... And, and and so let me just say this. I, I just believe from working in a workplace and then also being an entrepreneur that a mother should never qualify you to be judged upon if you're dedicated, if you're flexible or any of those things. And I say that for many reasons. I say that for one and, for, one and foremost, from my own experience, I was a mom. Mm-hmm. who had two young children, walked across the stage and with my master's, I was determined. I finished my master's in a year and wow. I think it was a year and three months, something like that. Um, I started, know this, I started in the bottom of 2016 and I finished in 2017. So, or I, I'm sorry, I started at the top January 2016 and I finished May of 2017. And so for me, I was dedicated. I was driven. But did I have kids? Yes. Did sometimes that I have to say, oh, you know what? I won't make it in today because my kid is sick. Because no matter if you're a single mom or if you're married, you still have to juggle in terms of who's going to stay home with that child and who's not going to stay home with that child. So your flexibility for some may seem like it's slim to none because you're a single parent and maybe she or he doesn't have anybody else to fall on. Um, But that's still never a reason I don't believe. And then everyone has their own opinion. But I don't believe that should ever be a reason why you discredit someone's ability of possibly being dedicated or flexible. I've seen recently a situation where someone was getting ready to get a high position. And one of the questions was, well, I don't know if she's really going to be able to do this job because she has kids. And that kind of sat in my, um, you know, sat in, it, it kind of like stayed with me because I was like, wow, like still in 2020, we're still trying to figure out if someone can do the job because they have kids. And although her kids are like getting ready to go to middle school and high school, I just still felt like, wow, like that is so sad that we still based of giving somebody a job because they have kids. I just, to me, I just find that to be so like, I don't know, disheartening. Um, and discrediting someone's ability because they're a parent. Right. And I think we, I mean, we probably need to do the history of the roles and responsibility. Like, mm-hmm. let's go back to our grandparents, our great grandparents, where the men worked, um, mm-hmm. where they were in the field, and the wife took care of the home and cooked the yeah. meat, right? Well, that's changed. And yeah. so as it changed, that's why I said we need to look at with these roles and responsibility. Do we do away with it's your role, it's his role, and it's our role to raise our kids? And because that's a question that they should ask a male coming into work as well. Do you have kids? Because he could be the one that's taking care of the kids. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of things that go into it. 
And so if they're going to look at, do you have kids? It should be looked at both from a male and a female aspect of it. So if the men have kids, um, then they should also ask the same thing, right? Because he could be at home taking care of the kids or be responsible for taking off if the kids get sick because the wife is unable to do it. And so if they're going to do it, it should be across the board. Um, whether you are female or male, if they're concerned with you not being able to work long hours or to be able to travel, um, it should be a general question and not one that we ask a female only and not taking consideration that the male may be a single father. Yeah, so I, I agree with what um, I didn't. Sorry, someone called my phone and it kicked me off. Um, but I just seen where um, social lady had made a statement. And I agree with that when she says oftentimes it is determined as to whether or not one would not be able to work overtime devaluing a mom. And I think they need to go deeper with that because if your yeah. salary um, overtime is not compensated for, you know, uh -huh. it's just expected. Um, and whether you are a mom or not, it doesn't mean I can have a second job. I could be taking care of my parents. I could be on public transportation. And so they need to dive deeper on, you know, why someone can or cannot. And other people are like, I only want to do my eight. I want to live a balanced life. And so I think, again, that we, we as parents need to look at what role and responsibility have we given to one parent and why? Mm -hmm. And if the other parent could actually do or take on these extra roles of responsibility in the event that they went away on vacation because of emergency, um, a family they had to fly away, or if, you know, the relationship didn't work and someone decided to walk away or someone took their last breath, could we do what the other person is doing? And have we labeled it so that our daughter thinks that whenever she wants her hair comb, that mommy's supposed to do it when daddy can put a ponytail in there just as well as I can. Yeah. So they was, she said, um, that's why they promote men up, um, upward. Assuming that yeah. is there. Um, again, we would, it would have to be for each household because at some point you have to determine what's important for the family. Right. So is it money or is it um, the quality of time we spend with our kids? So we have to go a little deeper, right? Yeah, um, I agree. We have to support each other in, in roles, right? So he may say, I'm going to take on these additional, you know, roles and responsibilities so that you can go back to school. It, it, it really depends on what it is. I remember being married and all of my friends wanted to go get a job like at a retail store. So let's just say Macy's, right? And so I went and told my husband, I want to go get a, a job at Macy's because all my friends are getting a job at Macy's, right? And he uh -huh. was like, well, how much money? I was like, it's only going to be for, you know, the Christmas time. And so he was like, well, how much money do you think you're going to make? I'm like a couple of, you know, hundred, maybe a thousand or something like that. And he was like, I'll write you a check. He was like, because it means more for you, me. It, mean, it meant more for him for me to be in the house. It meant more for him for, me to, for him to have a home-cooked meal or quality time for me not to be tired. And so he was like, if all you want is money, I'll cut you a check. But to have you in the house means more to me than you out there trying to get a couple of hundred dollars and it's not necessary. And so I think we need to figure out what's important 
and what we're willing to compromise and to work as a team for the betterment of the family um, and what we value the most. And so for me, is it important to do overtime or is it important for me to be at my son's basketball game? For me, it's to be at my son's basketball game because I can never get that game back. And so as parents, we can't get that time back. So let's not be so money hungry that we miss the things that money can't buy and that it impacts our children. And by the time we finally slow down, it's too late, right? And the money is gone. We don't know where it's at. We don't have a relationship with our kids. Um, everything is up in an uproar. And now we're trying to control something that's out of control because we value money more than we did our children. We have to be mindful of what we're communicating um, directly or indirectly and what our child sees. So if our child always sees, you know, I got to go to work. I got to do this for my job. I can't be there. I got to make the money. Then it's like, was money more important than me? Because as a parent, let's be honest. Are we giving our children what they need or what we needed as a child and didn't get, right? So typically, if somebody um, grew up and they were low income, then that parent's like, my kids is not going to wear hand-me-down. My kids ain't going to um, bed hungry. My kids, my kids, my kids, my kids. But it has everything to do with your past and your unresolved issue and nothing to do with your kids. So one of the questions I posted today on Facebook was, um, we often ask our kids, you know, like, what do you want for your birthday? What do you want for Christmas? What do you, what do you want, right? But have we ever stopped and asked them, what is it that you need from me that I'm currently not giving you? I talked about, you know, as parents, we want to provide, we want to protect, and we want to prepare them for the world. Now, when we talk about the word provide, it's not always financial, right? We need to provide for them mentally, emotionally, financially, and physically, right? And so you may provide financially, but are you providing emotionally? You may provide emotionally, but are you providing mentally? So when we talk about we are providing, what are we providing our children? Then when we talk about um, protect, right? We need to protect our children in and outside the homes. That includes the classrooms. That includes when they go to relative house. Most people who have been molested or raped, it was by a close friend, either in the house or at a relative house. So we need to have a, we need to be able to protect our children. Our children should feel safe when they're home. So there should be no type of abuse that the child experienced directly or indirectly in the home. When we talk about prepare, and this is one that's hard, right? Because a lot of times if it's our only child, um, if we want them to have a better life, we begin to smother, we begin to give them, we begin to protect, right? And we become so overprotective that they're not prepared for the world. I work in the deaf industry. So I do obituaries and DVDs. So I see estate attorneys. I see people talk about wills and trust and all of this stuff, right? And so it's almost like they've prepared, you know, in, in the event that something happens, that their family is taken care of. But I hardly ever see where someone has prepared their child for a life with or without them. 
And so when we talk about prepare, it's not just about preparing them for college, preparing them for a job. Have you prepared them for the world and for a life with or without you? And so let's look at our roles and our responsibility, what we're giving our children, why we're giving them, and have a conversation with them and ask them, what is it that you need that I'm currently not giving to you? I'm sure we've all been in a relationship. Tamika, um, ask to join again. I'm sure we've all been in a relationship where somebody gave, 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 and it was like, this is not what I want. This means absolutely nothing to me. Like, it makes you feel good, but it does nothing for me. I would have rather had your time. I would have rather have a home-cooked meal. And so we're doing all this stuff as a parent. I'm working two jobs. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And your child could say, you know what? I don't even want those tennis shoes. I would have rather just sat in your room and watched TV. Right? And so when we don't give our children what they need in the house, the children go outside the house. And oftentimes because they don't know what to ask for, it's misinterpreted as if they're looking for love. And when they're looking for love, they can be taken advantage of. And when they want love so bad, they'll end up paying more for it than it's worth. I'm sure a lot of people, young ladies, who are underage had sex for the very first time, not because they were ready, not because they were in love, but because they wanted to be loved. So mm -hmm. have the conversation with your child and ask them, what do you need from me, right? Not from the mall, not from the school, not from the community. What do you need from me as your mother, as your father that I'm currently not giving you? Doesn't mean that you're not doing a wonderful job. It just means that I need something that you may not have identified. And if you could give it to me, it would change my life dramatically because I won't have to go out and look for it. Like a, a, a young lady may need for her father to say that you're pretty, <laughs> that you're smart, right? And a lot of times people will be like, oh, you're so pretty. So I'm not smart, right? Mm. Ask a child what they need from you. And I know that each child is different. And so parents tend to give what they believe the child needs based off what you didn't have, but ask a child, what is it that you need? Have that conversation. Yes. Welcome back to Mika. Do you have anything yes. you want to add or say? I mean, no, I think we, you know, went over every area um, that I can think of. I don't know if the, um, <clears throat> the, the listeners think that um, there's an area that we didn't touch on in terms of being a single parent. Um, and having the knee on our necks outside of the areas that was mentioned. But I think, you know, for the most part, I definitely agree what you were saying as I came back in um, listening is making sure that we are as parents that our children are to be successful. Because um, that's one of the things that was a priority for me is I always want my, chi my children to be more successful than me. So how do I get them there? Were, what were things that my parents did not do? Not because they didn't want to, but because of the unknown. That was something that was never done for them. So I wanted to make sure that I could give my my children, especially my soon-to-be 18-year-old uh, college high school graduate. I'm so excited for her. She's going to go away to college. And so one of the things I'm even talking to her um, about 
is home ownership. She came to me and she was like, well, mom, I want to make sure that I own my home when I leave college. I said, don't worry, we're going to set you up now. So when you walk out that door um, and graduate from college, that we can walk through the steps of getting you a house. So these are all things that I'm privy to understanding how it works, but my parents just didn't think that wasn't of importance for them to educate me on. Um, So I'm just so grateful and thankful that I am able to instill in them a lot of things that I'm learning through the way and ropes of being an entrepreneur and learning the way and ropes of, you know, going to college and getting my education, not to say college is for everyone. And I let my kids know that too. College is not for everyone, but we have to have a plan. Um, and so that's my that's my number one thing. What's your plan? Um, if you don't want to go to college, then we need to sit down at the table and have a plan because I think that's important and imperative to be part of the process of the planning piece of what, um, you know, what life looks like after high school. Because right now, majority of my kids are middle schoolers and high schoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the six-year-olds, you know, right now. But Outside of that, I just make sure that I'm creating a, a plan that will lead them to success um, and not poverty um, and instilling in, into them the fear of God, <laughs> you know, because I want them to be able to worship and honor God and seek God for all their ways. Um, so I think that um, those are just some of the things I wanted to add in terms of, you know, where you were leaving off of as I was coming back in. but. Other than that, I can't really think of anything. I think we touched on everything. But like I said, I don't know what, what your guests may have questions on or even areas that they do. Question, I think we addressed them all. You said something that was gold. Um, and that was, we should have a plan for our children. And it yes. should be more than going to school and getting an education. Yes. Right. Because when we grew up, you you needed, you know, a high school diploma or you needed a GED. Right. Now you have to have an actual degree. And what are you going to do with the degrees with the way that the world is? Right. And so, you know, your child. So you need to sit down and have a plan for your child and set them up for success and provide them the tools and resources that they need. So if you're listening now or you're um, or you listen to the replay that is something that I would highly recommend that if you have a child, sit with each child and find out the plan. Make sure that they're on track. Make sure that they're headed in the right direction. Make sure that even as little kids, um, that they have goals. Whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, how many books they're going to read, what their grades is going to be, you know, how they're going to prove their grade point average, like Make sure they have goals and that they're reaching goals and that you're stretching them and setting them up for success. Yeah. So as we come to a close, Tamika, is there anything else that you would like to leave um, with them that they can take with away? And you're right. We covered a lot of information um, Mm -hmm. that's of value. But is there anything as a single parent that the parents may um, find value in or something that they may need? Um, to provide their children that we haven't covered or discussed? Um, <clears throat> the only thing that I want to leave them with is words of encouragement. Mm. Um, and that is, even though as we are sitting here, we're identifying the knee in our neck as single parents. Um, one of the things that I could strongly in- in- encourage you to do is that 
Don't allow that need to be a barrier for you. Don't allow that need to stifle you. Don't allow that need um, to cause you to be put in a box. Because God's word says um, that we are, you know, we are above, we're not beneath. We are the hid and we're not the tail. So at the end of that day, he did not say, oh, those that are married are more honorable. He did not say those who uh, um, have children um, and, and um, you know, are going to be the ones that are going to be awarded all the gifts. But mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he said that for all of us, no matter what our shortcomings are, no matter what our victories are, God is still there to assist yeah. us, to lead us, to direct us, to guide us. And if there's one thing that I can tell you to do is stop looking at the way the world runs mm-hmm. and look how God wants you to run in terms of using your gifts, tapping into um, uh, your gifts and walking into your calling. Because that was one of the things that I think once I did that and I was able to see that there was greater in me um, than he that was of the world. I was able to reposition not just my ability to overcome the barriers or what I may have looked at as a knee in my neck, but it reminded me that all of those knees in my neck were just taking me off of course. It was a distraction um, to, to get me off course. But yes. but that's in man's that's the man way of of kind of looking at it. These are you know distractions. Like no, I can't go this way because I got kids. Or no, I can't. Don't nobody want to date me because I have kids. That's not what God says. That's not even of God. Those thoughts are not of God. So at the end of the day, I would always encourage you to make sure that you're shifting your mindset, shifting your views. Yes. Stop looking at certain things. Start reading certain things. Start listening to the word. You know, to you know, um, um, you know, the word being preached. Start um, making sure that you're reading the word because who God says we are is nothing in alignment to what the world says we are. And no matter if they don't think that you could get this position because you have kids or no matter if they think that you're not good enough to date. Well, I can tell you what, it's going to be a couple things that's going to happen. God's going to open a door that no man can, can shut. And so when that happens, we have to learn that when we are in walking in direct obedience to who God has called us to be, yes. uh, um, th- there's nothing that can stop us. No matter how many children we have, no matter what, what, uh, where we're at in our career, no matter if we have degrees or don't have degrees, because I've seen it with my own eyes where a woman I know was making minimal wage and God opened the doors for her in spite of uh, of her her situation yes. to overcome that and now is a millionaire. So I'm just trying to tell you, don't allow you having kids to stifle you or put you in a position or a predicament that you are just that. You're just a mother because no, you're not just a mother. No, you're not just a father. You're not just a parent. God has another calling on your life, um, yeah. but th- that's just a piece and a part of it. So I just wanted to sh- share that. And I'm going to also share real quickly what God shared with me last week and that last week. And that was to refresh our faith. So I don't know where your faith is right now, what your belief system is right now, what you're hoping for right now. But God, God told me last week to share last week to refresh your faith. So 
whatever your faith is today, God's trying to take you to another level. And so with that, you have to shift your mindset. You have to shift the way that you're looking at things, how you're thinking about things, what you're speaking into existence and start speaking powerful life. And that is all within God's word. So I just wanted to share that. Woo, that is good. And I can't think of another person more qualified to say that um, because you do have your degree. You are a full-time employee. You yes. do have multiple business. You are an author, a speaker. And I'm saying all that to say, and you have children and you're a single parent, right? Yeah. A lot of times we say stuff and we're not qualified to say it because mm. we haven't lived it. So we shouldn't teach it. But yes. when you have someone who, who has already accomplished this, when they're already standing on the word of God, where they're not moved by what they see or what they hear, only by the spirit of God, it makes an impact. And as a woman, we don't have to compromise. We don't have to settle. Take your faith and make and activate it and make your words work for you. Make yes. your words work for you. Make your words work for you. We have to be mindful of what we are saying. And a lot of us are frustrated, not because of the life that we're living, but because we have prophesied it over our life and it has come to pass. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, why am I where what why am I where I am today? It's mm -hmm. not because of your boss, it's not because mm -hmm. of the economy, it's not because of who you, you were with, it's not because of your children. Most likely it's because of your words and your faith. Yeah. Your words and your faith, right? And that's your responsibility. Because we and when I think about this, and we're gonna let you guys go. When I think about the success of my grandparents, hmm. my grandfather who had a third grade education, who built his house with his own hands. When I think about he has seven daughters and one son, one wife, he had, and he died with his 40 acres. He died with his 40 acres. He was able to get what they didn't give us. And I'm saying that to say, and that was true success because wasn't nobody on drugs, wasn't nobody doing no crazy stuff. If they could do it with a third grade education, what's our excuse? Because we've had a black president in the White House. And just because it hasn't been done does not mean that it cannot be done. When you go back through our history and you see how many millionaires we had and a time where it was impossible. When you look at who we are in the media, in the platform that God has given his people, mm -hmm. there is no excuse for us not to have what we believe we can have. The problem is what are we believing? And so do not let being a single parent make you believe you can't have what you have. Do not believe that in order for you to get your degree, in order for you to get a promotion, in order for you to be a millionaire, to have a spouse is a requirement. It's not. That's right. Do not believe that in order for God to do what you need, it requires for you to have a mate. God doesn't need you to have anything but faith to do what he's going to do. And so I want you to get out of your comfort zone. I want you to begin to challenge yourself. I want you to become the example that your kid is looking for on the outside of the house. I want you to be the one that breaks the generational curse. I want yes. you to be the one that they look up to. And when it comes to Black History Month, I want you to be the one that they write about. 
how do you see yourself? It doesn't matter how anyone else sees you. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Mm. And if you don't like what you see, how do you change it? Who do you have in your life and why are they there? Mm. It's time out. We're identifying the need that's on our neck because we need to remove it. And we can't remove it until we identify that this is a need that's in my neck and it doesn't belong there. And if nobody else removes it, I, with my faith in the word of God, will remove the need out of my neck because nothing is going to take the life out of me. I don't care what's going on in the world and my world where yeah. life and death is in the power of my tongue, I will speak what I ha- what I will speak what I want. Yeah. We are powerful. And That's we are true. more powerful than anything that we have ever gone through. And so on tonight, we want you to be encouraged. We want you to increase your faith. We want you to go after everything that the word of God says that you have. We stand in agreement with you. And even after this call, we want to be here for you. If you want to reach out to me, I am Latanya Thompson. I work with women to do the inner work who have experienced professional or personal trauma to document what has taken place, rewrite their story so that they can move forward in life as a movement. If you want better, we have to do better. I'm going to post my website. You can go to my website under book, um, book a complimentary strategy session. I want to be here for you. If you are a mom and you feel like the world is on your shoulder and you need someone to assist you, my girl Samika has Girl Unplug. She has an upcoming event. She will walk you through how to unplug as a mother to take care of you so that you can take care of your kids. We want to thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back on Friday night. Please contact us if you have any questions. Tamika, if you could please post your information in there so that they can reach out to you if they or someone they know needs to do girl unplug, mom unplug. If you don't need to do mom unplug because your kids are grown or you don't have any kids, give somebody with a gift that they can use and allow them to stand a mastermind and make a deposit in someone else's life. And she just, I don't have her information, but she's on Twitter. She may come back on. Uh, if she doesn't, please follow her. And if she's on Facebook under, okay, she just put it on there. So here is her event that's coming up. I believe it's Saturday. Um, it's Mom Unplugged. They're going to, and the three things that she talked about is prayer, pause, and push. It's going to be three powerful people. Um, you don't want to miss this. It's going to be life-changing for any mom that you know. And if you're not a mom, um, this would be the perfect gift to give someone. It doesn't have to be their birthday. It doesn't have to be Christmas. Simply because you love them and you know that it will make a difference not only in their lives, but in their children's life. Have a wonderful evening. We love you. And we'll see you back on Friday night at 5 p.m. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Latanya's phone number is 510-314-8332. 
Her email address is info at latanyathompson.com and her website is latanyathompson.com. That's L-A-T-A-N-Y-U-A-Thompson.com.